Welcome into The Current Report, where we break down what's happening in the world of digital media. I'm your host, Chris Bricklear. This holiday season started earlier than ever, but that didn't stop shoppers from coming out in droves on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. If we look at the numbers from Cyber Monday alone, shoppers spent over $12 billion, nearly a 10% jump from last year. And overall, the National Retail Federation projects that shoppers will spend over $950 billion. Yeah, nearly a trillion dollars. This year has been marked by high inflation and shoppers being more careful with their money. So, what happened? And what strategies did marketers put into place to pin down those shoppers? To get those answers, we're bringing in our ace reporter, Damian Fowler, who wrote about this topic for The Current. Damian, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Hi, Chris, and it's nice to see you in the host seat this week. I know, I know. Usually this is you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to uh, adjust to this side of the mic. (laughs) I'm sure you'll do great. (laughs) Yeah. So, it's fair to say, coming into this holiday season, it wasn't looking like a total slam dunk for retailers. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, going in, there are a lot of questions. Uh, Big retailers like Walmart uh, were anxious that consumers wouldn't be spending. They'd seen in Q3 a slowdown in spending. And yet they did. Of course they did. They showed up. For some of the reasons you mentioned, uh, they were looking for bargains. And this was very much a, a shopping weekend driven by bargains, waiting for special promotions. But there was something else that you mentioned, which is the ad strategy here at work behind the scenes. Well, I spoke to several TV buyers. They were emphasizing the flexible ways of buying media across channels, in particular CTV. And they were talking about how their clients were having success when they weren't locked into upfront commitments. Here's what Skylar McGill, the head of programmatic and video at WPromote, told me. We've actually been a little bit ahead of the curve, not fully committing into the upfront for a lot of our clients. We've seen a lot more success, uh, clients being having more agility and nimbleness with their media dollars when we aren't locked into a commitment for on an annual basis, or even if it's more non-preemptible on a quarterly aspect, especially for TV. So Skyler was talking about non-preemptible buys, which are typically bought in the quarter before the ad is due to go to air. So that's like an upfront, but it's a little bit tighter, you know, in terms of the time frame. So what he's saying here is that in some cases, media buyers are buying inventory at the last minute to react to the marketplace more quickly. And in the conditions that I just described where we didn't know whether consumers were going to buy or not, this is critical. All of this indicates that media buyers are shifting away from the traditional model of linear commitments, which are bought a year up front in some cases, and keeping tabs on what's happening in the marketplace almost in real time. Mm, that's really interesting. I mean, isn't that sort of the power of programmatic is that you can ha- sort of have more of this this flexibility and agility? How do you see CTV playing into into all of these strategies? Well, it seems like CTV is really coming into its own. I mean, we've been talking about it for a, a while now, but what the agency was sort of suggesting this time is that CTV is this big performance driver. It not only you know, allows brands to put their products out at the top of the funnel, you know, as an awareness driver. It allows brands to track those media buys all the way down to the point of purchase. Actually, Skylar came up with a great phrase, uh, his agency, I should say, came up with a great phrase, brand formance, which kind of conflates the idea that the gap between discovery and 
performance is getting tighter and tighter. Obviously, agencies want to stay close to those shoppers, give them a nudge at the last minute, and they're able to do that more easily with omni-channel buys that start with CTV and maybe end on a mobile or on display or across any given channel. Mm. You know, I love that that term, brand formance. I feel like it's just sort of like so ad tech, right? Because people really love yeah. coming up with new words or <laughs> coming up with new acronyms. It seems like, you know, flexibility is sort of the name of the game right now, right? And it was definitely one of the big themes for me of, of your story. This flexibility is coming into more marquee events, especially marquee sporting events. So can you tell me a little bit more about how some of this inventory is available in in which events? Yeah, well, I don't know if you're a baseball fan or not, Chris, but this year for the first time, World Series inventory became available programmatically for the first time. And Nick Lange at Pathlabs mentioned to me that he'd found out about this just a few days before. So he was able to kind of activate those ad dollars against that inventory you know we might say ctv is expanding the available canvas as it were and there was another interesting moment in september that skylar mcgill talked to me about and it happened during the standoff between cable giant charter communications and disney over carriage fees he was able to move ad dollars during a blackout to other streaming channels we saw our clients able to capitalize on a lot of that stuff when those types of moments do arise where we can shift dollars very quickly within the programmatic schema to, to take advantage of efficiency. So that's been a big angle that we are continuing to uh, lean into and educate our clients on. I think they're, they're starting to see the trade-off of, you know, potentially not always having the most absolute most efficient pricing, but to have the nimbleness to optimize in flight uh, throughout their campaign is proving out to be more successful to their bottom lines. So in short, what he's talking about now, when it comes to CTV, clients appear to be seeing the advantages of not being locked in upfront commitments when it comes to TV buys. The Disney Charter example is actually one of the most interesting parts of your story for me because it's not an obvious link, right? But it was such a big deal. When I was reading it and following it, it was more of like the big picture. How does this change sort of the future TV landscape? And not necessarily thinking about in the moment, how do these markers have to react to it? So so what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, it does signal the importance for advertisers to be flexible in those moments. I mean, unforeseen things come about. I mean, there can be like Macy's Day Parade that's announced, but there can also be something like that where ESPN is suddenly blacked out. So what do you do as an advertiser? Well, you need to be flexible. You need to figure out where, you know, those ad dollars are going to go, you know, maybe the day before, maybe the hour before. So that idea of flexibility is absolutely central to the current state of TV buying. All right, Damien, thank you as always for your insight, and I will see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Chris. Next, here's our weekly roundup of what's making news across the internet. Podcast companies are taking a page from Hollywood with how they promote their franchises. Now, glitzy billboards and pop-up experiences are being used to show the latest and the greatest podcast, much like the movie industry does. This all comes as there's been a flood of podcasts all fighting for our attention. And with that attention comes ad dollars. Research from PwC and the IAB found that podcast ad revenue is expected to total around $2.3 billion this year, a 25% rise from last year. Meaning, bottom line, podcasts are stepping up their game to try and keep that growth going. And TikTok just found another way to make it easier to stay on the app. The social media giant, 
has expanded its partnership with Ticketmaster to let users buy concert tickets from right inside the TikTok app. While it's been available in the U.S. since last year, 20 countries including Canada, Mexico, and several in Europe are included in this expansion. For TikTok, this is yet another step that collapses the marketing funnel. And that's it for this edition of The Current Report. For a deeper dive on all these stories, head to thecurrent.com. And of course, please like and subscribe on YouTube, plus leave a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And if you want to hear more from The Current, listen to The Current Podcast, where we interview some of marketing's biggest leaders about their personal journeys and where the industry is going from here. We'll see you next week.